0: what's up everybody got my man jared gordon uh jared uh i've known jared for g's over 10 years now probably he's a, originally a queen's dude um obviously we uh used to train together he was with henzo and now he's in florida with uh sanford or uh, what do you guys call it? cliff kill now kill yeah. cliff kill cliff <laughs> kill cliff
1: <laughs> yeah so, so hey James, every every two months we uh Change, change, change name. our, change our gym name. You turn his, him up a little bit. Okay. I, yeah, no,
0: whoever, is no. paying the most money gets, gets the name, you know what <clears> I mean? <throat>
1: yeah, I don't,
2: I don't but know. But yeah, Gordon, Everybody obviously,
0: knows. uh, you just had that, 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 uh, that fight with, uh, old Patty Boy, and, uh, I just watched it, bro, that's kind of crazy how that went down, man, uh, I know, uh, you've been talking about it a bunch, but, uh, I, I, you know, I've been on the, the end of some bad decisions, but, um, I know it sucks, but how are you feeling right now about it?
1: Man, pretty salty. Pretty, pretty bitter about it. Um, but you know how the game is, man. It's a ruthless game. Um, I thought I did enough. I mean, most people thought I won all three rounds, I guess. I didn't do enough. <laughs> um, you know, I was being scrutinized for the last round, kind of being lackluster. But that's the only round that two of the judges gave me. Yeah. So yeah.
0: makes no sense.
1: So the first round was my most definitive round. I thought, yeah, and I uh, so they, somehow they didn't see it that way. Um, but what am I gonna do, man? I think also that the the way it went down and how, you know, people were calling it a robbery has put more eyes on me. Um gotten a lot of attention because of it. So I'm I'm yet to see the silver lining in it all. And that's what I'm you know, I'm thinking that's gonna set me up for something something decent down the line, like a bigger fight a big fight, you know, decent name on a decent card uh there's you know how this is man it's just stay down or or get up and keep going right and that's all i that's my only option so and that's all i've ever done and that's what i'll do and uh but it sucks bro sucks so much like how how any judge i can understand not giving me all three rounds but at least i want at least two out of the three um you know, people were scoring a 30-27 for me, so.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, even on the broadcast, like, people that were tweeting in were all like, you know, you're up 2-0. And that third round, I mean, oh, it was uneventful, but you had him pinned against the cage the whole time. I mean, if if Octagon Control is the only metric to me- to measure it, you were dominating that, you know? Yeah, I mean. I mean Finished yeah. the first round with a takedown, too. That left hook was land like crazy. Do you guys know that? Le- like, was that something you guys worked on? Like, you, you just, or is that I something mean, you just go to naturally?
1: He throws and his hands don't really come back to his face, you know?
0: Right. So I knew if it. I just
1: threw something out there, that it would land. But yeah, we were working on the left hook a lot. And uh, every time he came in and threw a combo, all I do is throw yeah. it out there and it landed every time. I, I wish really I had hate- put more of a stamp on it and followed up with a couple more shots, but. You know, the past, is the past, is the past, what are you doing? My, my dog is, um, but you know, that's all I can do, man. I did what I did and I won. The only three people that matter though, didn't have it for me, unfortunately, uh, the judges. And they're be- now they're being, you know, one of them is being investigated. Yeah. You know, cause he had just come from a fight
0: you know, at Bellator the night before, right, which, which I heard he he didn't he didn't he hose someone in that fight too. Say that again. Didn't he ho Didn't he screw some other fighter or some other
1: sh- uh, uh, scorecard?
0: On yeah, it the was a Bellator
1: night? championship fight. They gave he gave the Crosby guy gave one guy fifty forty five, which uh, which was impossible. Yeah. Wow. Clearly, the other guy won at least two rounds. Yeah. So oh, wow. and then he flew from where wherever he was to Vegas. And scored me and the main event the way he did. And he screwed the main event guys, too. And uh, now he's being investigated by Mohegan Sun. Uh, Vegas isn't doing anything about it, so it's not going to help me. But at least it will shed some light on the situation. And,
3: uh, you know, man, it's
1: how my life has always been. Uh, Get the shit under the stick and just keep, keep... Keep trucking, man. And I mean, I'm here. I'm doing pretty well. So, uh, you know, I have everything I need. I can afford everything I want. So life is. It's been a lot harder before. So uh, yeah, yeah. where I'm at right now it ain't that bad. It still sucks though.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. It's supposed to suck. Supposed to sting. You know, you went in there, you put a camp in together, you put a great performance. Of course, you think you're gonna get the win, and then when when they kind of pull the pull the curtain back, and and you, you see it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, that's tough to deal with, but uh, I mean, like you said, you are getting a lot of attention uh, because of it, and I'm sure there is gonna be, like I said, I I lost three, I lost two fights to Benson Henderson that I thought I won. A lot of people thought I won. Then I lost a a third fight to Aldo that super close, I thought I won too. And like, dude, I know you feel you feel like, damn, come on, man, can I catch a damn break? But uh, you stayed a course, man, you know, um. I thought it was a great performance. Like you said, you got a lot of tension of it. Maybe get a rematch with this guy. I have a feeling he's probably not going to want to fight you again. But um, yeah, man, you, you're uh, you're on your way, dude.
3: I feel like in the yeah. uh, in the you know the the grand scheme of things, and everything you've been through in your life, and all the things you've su- survived and been through and and overcome, this is just a little blip in the road for you, Jared. You know what I mean? And and again, you talk about silver linings. I mean, your name is is on a lot of people's radar that it probably wasn't before. It certainly didn't hurt your stock at all. You know this fight at all, so.
1: Yeah, my stock definitely rose, um, but yeah, this is just this is a first world problem, you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right,
1: right. So like, I, I'm I'm grateful, but you know, the fighter in me, the the competitor in me, you know, all we want to do is win, and na- and the name of the game is is winning, man. Right. Um, you know, luckily, like money isn't really an issue. So, you know, I mean, it would have been nice to get the other half of my check, but uh, you know, I'm well, not fighting. I'm not fighting for a paycheck. So,
3: can you, you know. can you speak to that a little bit? Because Dana White did say, you know, something to the effect of, "I'll take care of you." And I would, I would assume, and I think most people would assume that would be in a monetary fashion. You get paid to to show win, right? Show win. Um, you know, bonus to win. Yeah. Ha- has anything? I if I can off. be. You know, so bold as to ask, has anything transpired with that?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I I didn't get my win bonus. Yeah. Um, but he did. You know, contact me the next day and was like, "Look, we're gonna, we got your back, and we're supporting you." And, you know, they uh.
3: What does that mean like, exactly? We're gonna
1: treat it like you won. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see what that means, though. You know.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> But uh, leaving half that half that money on the table is definitely stings. That stings. You, you don't. You know, as a competitor, you're not thinking of money. You're thinking of winning because you know that's your goal towards the title. But then, as you sit back later on, you're like, "Damn, my pockets just got hurt too, man." That's tough.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like that was the least of it for me. Like you said, you know, winning is what we want to do, and you know, moving up the ladder and whatever. You know, what's next for me? Um, but I still, I think. If I were to have got the W, that they would have switched the narrative anyways. You know, the fans Mm. and the media. Oh, you fought a guy that wasn't ready. Um, You, you know, Patty sucks. They would have flipped it somehow. Where I was so losing like this almost. I think it put more eyes on me, and um, you know, I think it's still gonna set something big up for me down the road. And you know, I, my friend always says something to me. says what uh what doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse Mm. so i just got to wait a little bit and see what comes down the line you know and and hopefully it's uh something good cheeto what are you doing sorry my dog is out of control it's okay i
3: think i think obviously jared what makes the most sense is a rematch but i also think that if that was the intent and the ufc was going to do that they probably would have already showed some, uh, some, you know, initiative in that, in that, you know, aspect and, and maybe even made an announcement by now. So
1: I don't think that's going to happen. I, I obviously called for the rematch. Um, you know, I call, I told, I put it online and I haven't gotten a response from UFC or Patty. Um, so I doubt they're going to give me the rematch, especially because the way the fight went, like, I think it shows that I'm clearly the better fighter. So, and, uh, you know they're they're looking for the next connor and mm. i don't think they found it in in patty he has one half of the of the character that they need but you know connor was going out there and laying nice dudes deep, out right. left and right and you know winning two titles and i just don't think that patty's at that level like connor was when, when he was at 45 and 55. Right. um so but you know I'm hoping that I get someone that's more of a name, more of a, a challenge than Patty. Someone that maybe was a top 15. I, I asked for for Ferguson, Tony Ferguson. Mm. Uh, I think the fight makes sense, and uh, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get it. You know, hopefully. How mu-
3: how much does that bother the two of you? Because you're you're similar. Your characters are similar. You don't really trash talk. You don't shit talk. Frankie and I have obviously talked about it a lot. He, you know, he said. You know, by the time guys started doing this, he's like, it was too late for me. I can't change the guy. I am. I'm going to look really stupid in the middle of my, you know, but then the Connors come along. I guess it probably started with the Chael Sonins, you know, but I mean, could you ever be that guy or is it just so far out of the scope? Because those Stop guys, they, they do obviously talk them into fights, you know, they become fan favorites and, and, uh, Hold you know,
1: yo, are you <laughs> kidding me right now? <laughs> Christina. He come
0: wants on. to be part of the interview. What kind of dog?
1: Come here, I'll show you. Come here. Come here. Get this dog. All right, he's a uh, he's a Malinois Corgi, so okay. he's like got the energy of like a shepherd. Yeah, yeah. He's just all he's like a Velociraptor. Dude. He's just nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. Uh, but he's Corgi, so he's his body's super small, but he's got like a German Shepherd head. But yeah, he's out of cool. control, man. He's a he's putter. built like Frankie, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I mean, uh,
3: you know, th- these guys, these guys that, that, that chirp a lot, that talk a lot, that have have that, you know, st- like I said, started with probably the Chael Sonans and then the Connors came around, and it seems like a lot of people want to emulate Connor. I know that's not who you are, clearly it's not who Frankie is, but how much does that bother you guys, that those guys seem to talk themselves into, into fights, big fights? I mean,
1: fights. you know, that's a sport, man, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to... S- I'm not gonna start trash talking. I've had people talk trash to me and, you know, if it's, if it's, uh, if you deserve to get <laughs> something back, then I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, but yeah, I'm not gonna like, go Manifact online yourself, and right? talk trash. And I, I don't think, you know, and Frankie, he, he didn't have to do that, man. He was, he went in the cage and he won fights. He was a champion. He, challenge for the featherweight belt multiple times. And, I mean, his fighting did the talking for him. And, um, yeah. you know, I've yet to reach the level that Frankie had reached. Um, but I think my character... I'm always going to be true to myself, man. I'm not going to yeah. talk trash. Plus, like, some of the trash talk that these guys do, it's like, dude, you're not a gangster. You're not yeah, 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 a killer. Yeah. You're not extorting people and selling drugs so quit <laughs> acting like you're out here killing people yeah. in the streets um, right. but yeah I mean you know you talk trash to me I'm gonna you know you know how many so many people have said to me I'm gonna knock you out like on stage you know weigh- in so I'm gonna knock you out tomorrow yeah and you know I give it back you're know, knock yeah. me out I'm gonna and then you know I go in and win so it's like the trash talk is is funny to me um but yeah it's not me man and you know but good for those guys. Yeah, that's their character. That's what people want to see, especially the fans. Uh, it sells fights, I guess, right at a certain level. I think you got to be like a top guy for the trash talk to make sense and for you to sell a fight. Because, like, if you're on but, the prelims, no one's buying pay per views yeah, 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 for yeah. you if you're right. talking trash. But if you got to that point, like Connor, or I guess now that Patty, you know, Patty's. They're probably going to stick him on all the pay-per-view cards they can. Um, that it makes sense. But, you know, even in my, my fight with Patty, he wasn't talking trash to me. He was super mm-hmm. nice. I mean, he was yeah. saying he was going to finish me in the first round. But, like, he wasn't, yeah. like, being malicious or, yeah. or trying to, like, really get under my skin. You guys um, had a couple interactions, right? Say
0: that again? You guys had a couple interactions, like the fight week and even before that, no?
1: Yeah, we had a couple interactions. Um, and they were all – man, I – by the time the fight came, I was like, I don't want to fight this guy, he's super yeah. likable. Yeah, We were laughing backstage, I gave him like a box of cookies, like a, it was a sponsorship, they were like, oh, give Patty the cookies. Uh, and he was like hugging me, he was like, thank you. You know, the kid loves to eat. So uh, <laughs> yeah. by the time fight day came, I was like, I don't want to fight this kid, I want to be friends with him, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, those guys- As a, as a whole, he's like good
3: him. for the sport, right?
1: Yeah, I think like, I mean, at the end of the day, you see all the guys that talk trash, they're hugging after they fight. Right. 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 So it's like, we're going to fight no matter what. And however it goes, it goes. And then the biggest trash talkers, man, they're hugging after. I think the only people yeah. that I never hugged after was like maybe John Jones in DC or that and Khabib. But but that was right, like yeah. major rivalry. So, all right. Yeah. Well, it is um, what, it is.
0: <clears throat> what was I going to say? Shit. Uh,.
2: What
3: the hell is... That? Well, the, there is a big difference between you and Patty is that uh, I heard you say, you know, you're always going to stay in fight camp, stay fight ready. Uh, you're always going to... Because there's always the, the chance, right? There's a... an there's a, uh, a And event. Av- an av- excuse me. I can't, I, I can't even talk here. But there's the possibility that you could get picked for a short-order fight. Patty's never going to do that. You know, that dude blows up to like 200 pounds, right?
1: Yeah, that's what it seems, man. His face gets huge. Yeah. And his yeah. belly gets big. Um... I've been in the gym all week already. I, I was one seventy-two and a half today, so I could How's literally take a fight on five-day notice and and make weight. Um, I used to fight at forty-five. That was a little more of a struggle. Wow. And but you know I'm at fifty-five now, so I could take a short notice fight. I'm I'm always in the gym. I train year-round, and uh, I'm bro getting fat between camps. I've done it before, and it's like you're just you're just training. For your weight cut, right.
2: you can't not focus entirely. on,
1: you know, being sharp and and your skill set. And you know, when you just want to drill, like every every workout has to be like an intense training session for right. you to make weight. And then you're just all you're f- thinking about is, oh, I got to make weight. I got to, and it's just it do- it's exactly. you're you're not you're not training to be a martial artist. You're training yeah. you're training to just fight. And, and to make weight and it's like it's not worth it you you feel like shit all all camp and yeah um yeah it's just not it's just not worth it man
0: um, I I kind of knew I know it was an ass what was the story Patty was saying you guys grappled at
1: Henzos in the past that's that's bs the first time that we ever had a physical interaction was Tuesday of fight week and it was so obvious that like when I was like Patty we never rolled, and he was like, oh, like you could just tell." He made it and, and it went nowhere, yeah. you know, like
3: yeah.
1: And we were we've been talking about fighting for like over a year, so
3: he you're only gonna up. bring this up yeah. now <laughs> on fight week yeah, to try yeah. to like get
1: under my skin or yeah. get me riled up, like if we were if I had rolled with you and tapped you two times and we were talking about fighting for a while, I would have brought that up yeah, you know, Hell yeah. first chance I got, like dude, what I already tapped you? you twice, you sure you want to fight?
3: What happened to you last fight?
1: didn't make any sense I saw him one time at Henzo's and I knew who he was he knew who I was and I walked into the into the basement I'm walking to the locker room and you know the the mats are on the right and I we made eye contact and he was sitting on the mat and he looked at me and he looked at the floor and then that was literally I wasn't there for I was there to spar that day he was in the jiu-jitsu class Mm -hmm. and uh that was literally the last time I saw him until fire week, which was, that was in like 2017 or 18. So yeah. I haven't
3: so seen it, him for like it's four just years. Sell, it's, just, it's just to sell yeah, the fight then, just, I, just, I guess. Not even it sell the just fight, the fight.
0: fight yeah. just get, get in your head and everything yeah, yeah. too, probably,
1: you know. Yes, yeah, it was funny, I was like dude, just kidding. Is-
3: you, you do have a commonality with patty that i that I have a lot of respect for and I think everybody does is that you're big proponents of mental health obviously man I mean you had your struggles in your life patty obviously I believe it was his last fight had one of his you know really close friends that uh took his own life so um you know I think that's that's something that everybody can get behind and and how important to you is that to to spread that awareness and where does that come from your struggle obviously
1: I mean that's like my bigger purpose you know is- yeah that's why I fight, and uh, it's obviously I want to win. I got to make a living, you know. I have to pay bills, so fighting and winning, and and climbing the ladder and getting to the next level, next contract, is is something that still means a lot to me, obviously. And uh, but the more I win, the bigger platform I get, the more people I can help. Like my DMs right now on Instagram and Twitter, face whatever. Are full to the brim. I can't even begin. I need I need people to actually help me. I have a kid that actually helps me go through all my DMs. Um, but yeah, it's huge, huge thing for me. My m- one of my best friends uh, took his own life two years ago, December sixteenth, uh, and he was a he was the degenerate gambler, man, and mm-hmm. he uh, he lost everything because of gambling, and he just couldn't find. You know, he got himself in with some some bad people. He couldn't find a way out, and took his life man so you know drug addiction mental health um you know where we're from you know you guys are in jersey i'm from queens the man the amount of addicts Mm. everyone is affected by addiction or alcoholism or some sort of mental health problem in one way or the other and uh you know sometimes i feel like i'm a broken record because i'm always preaching about addiction and stuff but you know people literally message me every day for years now about how I how, had, how'd you do it? Can you help me? Like, what kind of advice do you have? And uh, you know, I work with a, a treatment center and if if they're looking for help and they want to go, I try to get them in there. Uh, but sometimes I'm just there just to, I just talk to people just, Hey, yeah, like, yeah. this is what I did. And you know, you can do this. Um, you know, I was shooting cocaine and heroin yeah. and, you know, now I am where I'm at and uh, you know, it's, it's never too late. I've seen people get sober in their fifties, you know? And yeah. so, but yeah, he, he uh, stands for, I know I've heard some interviews with him where he uh, has battled his own mental health issues. I think people around him, like what, some of his coaches or someone on his team uh, dealt with addiction or alcoholism. And you know, it's no matter where you are in the world, could be in liverpool or you can be in queens or florida or russia or whatever people are dealing with the same shit everywhere so yeah huge huge uh, reason biggest reason for why i fight besides you know making a living and and wanting wanting to be a competitor and and you know just win fights for my own pride and ego uh All right but um yeah that's similar, like, similar that's story
3: thing. to uh to matt brown you have you guys share a similar story have you ever met matt brown
1: yeah, I met him uh, a couple times. Yeah, he—they call him the immortal, right? Because right. he overdosed a couple times or something. And I mean, he's a savage man. Yeah, he Goes he in there, kill, killer be killed for him, man. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys that had struggles in our sport. I mean, every sport, you know, right. and you see it all the time. People with. With these issues, I mean, look at these NFL players—they're killing themselves, or yeah, right. killing their family members, and you know, head trauma mm. coupled with you know, substance abuse is just like a recipe for a disaster. Yeah. Um,
3: do I, do I uh, Jared? Do I understand it correctly that it started like it all started with an injury and being prescribed pain meds? I mean, you're in a tough sport where you're yeah. gonna get injured. I mean, you just had an ankle injury. How, how does that work? Can you go near it if you're, you know, if you're prescribed a pain med or is that, does that, I mean, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? And is that something that you just have to stay away from?
1: I mean, you know, we live in chronic pain as combat athletes. So my, my nagging injuries are just part of my everyday life and I deal with them, you know with. PT and ice, or you know, a leave, or you know, Motrin, and and just working through the injuries and and getting healthier. Um, but I've had I've had surgery twice in the last seven years. I'll be sober seven years on the twenty seventh. Um, but you know, I had a nose surgery where they had to you know reconstruct the inside of my nose. And you know, when I went into the ER, they gave me pain meds. You know, to have surgery, got They got to give you pain meds to have to go under the knife. Um, and then when they came, when I came out, I told them straight up, like, look, I'm a recovering addict. Like I can't take home a script of pills. Um, so they gave me like one pill in the ER as I was in the recovery room. And then I went home and I just dealt the pain. And then mm. when I followed Charles Oliveira, he broke my orbital. I had to have a metal plate put in my face. That surgery sucked. Um, told them the same thing. Look, I'm a recovering addict. So they gave me four pain pills that I came home with and my wife gave them to me, you know, held on to them, gave them to me as prescribed. And, um, if you're getting pain meds from, or any medication for that matter from a doctor, and if you're taking them as prescribed, then it, it's not considered abuse. You know, you're using it because you, I mean, I just had a metal plate put in my face, right, so I was right. in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, and you know, as I didn't abuse it, and then that was it. I finished, you know, the four pills lasted two days. You know, one mm-hmm. one in the morning, one at night, and then and then the same thing the next day, and um, that was it. Like, yeah, I was in pain after, and then after that, it's just Tylenol and Motrin, and and then that's it. But that had but, to feel good know.
0: that uh, that you were able to. You know, you didn't, you weren't looking for fucking some number to get some more shit after, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, as as long as I, you know, and I'm also I have a people I have a support system, you know, people that are supporting me. They know my disease. They know I'm a I was an opiate addict. So mm-hmm. like, I I got a microscope on me in right. situations like that where people are like, Holy all right, Jared's.
3: Means you're loved, guards, man. Uh on the
1: on the on the line. You know, he's towing the line right now. Let's see which let's see which side he lands on. And uh, so it's it's easy for me now. You know, back in the in the day before I had certain you know guardrails up, mm. it was so easy for me to just sneak away and you know call f- fucking Flacco to mm. meet me on the corner. Um, but I don't want to go there anymore. Right. Because I know where it leads me. I don't just take a pill you know i might do that at first and then within a week i'm like all right let me go to the bronx and score some dope you know and the next thing yeah. you know i'm missing for weeks on end you know what right. i mean so and i just have, yeah. I have no desire for that so yeah. i know what comes with it man well you seem it's like you really found
3: a, a, a new focus in life you know what i mean and and some new structure to to keep you on that straight and narrow man so i think that says a lot about you as a as a human, but uh, you know, it seems to be a common uh, a common story that you know injury often leads to addiction because you're prescribed meds, right? And 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 you know when you're when you're hurt, sometimes you need them for extended periods of time, you know, to control the pain, and then you just can't ever seem to. We I definitely know a number of people. I know you do, Frank. We have one really good friend that uh, same thing. You know, he came home from the war. He came home from overseas. I know a number of people actually um and they're prescribed meds you know the VA gives them meds and the next thing you know i mean just like you said they're they're finding it on the street and then they're scoring dope and then you know they become a heroin junkie and sometimes those stories don't end so well you know
1: no yeah that's like the american story now man yeah. oh i got hooked on pain my doctor gave me pain meds and now i'm a heroin addict um and like it's such a harmless thing like now i mean people know now but back you know, earlier on, it was like, oh, I'm taking meds that a doctor gave me. So, right. like, I'm not doing anything right. wrong. Right. But even after two, three weeks of taking like a weaker opiate, like, you're like, oh, I, I kind of just want to keep doing these things. And then in your head, you're like, oh, I'm still in pain uh, when mm. you're really not in pain, but you just don't want to live life without them anymore. And then, and then you start learning about how you, you know, other drugs are stronger and better and you can get them on the street for cheaper. You don't have right. to see a doctor. And it's unfortunate, man, cuz it's you know, big pharma, the pharmacy mm. industry, they've they've ruined um, like millions of lives probably. Yeah. So
3: I think everyone yeah, saw it's that. A common thing, man. Everybody saw that firsthand the last few years, but was there was there a pivotal moment for you where you said or, or where did change come in where you said like you know, I, I have to change my life or I'm going to die. I know, uh, I read that you overdosed three times. So was there a, an actual moment of clarity where you said, you know, I have to choose being sober or I'm going to die. And, and can you speak to that? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, my first two overdoses, I, I just didn't care, man. I just, and then like, you know, you wake up from an overdose and, and you're like, Oh, I'm dope sick. <laughs> I got to get high. Yeah. Um, and I was young. My first overdose, I was 22. Second overdose, I was about 24, uh, but I got sober when I was 27. So I had years of, you know, I just, I was literally just beat up and defeated, man. I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I was home, I've, I've been homeless. I've lived in homeless shelters, uh, on the street, panhandling. You know, it goes from, for me, it was like, all right, I got money. I'll support myself by selling drugs or, or, you know, doing illegal activity. And then like, you come to the point where you're like, all right, I got nothing left. I got to start stealing. And then it gets to a point where you're like, shit, I'm homeless. I got a panhandle. And then from there, it's just, it's just trouble because you're going to do something illegal eventually. That's going to land you in jail or, or you're, or you're going to get killed or or you're going to die. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, it was Christmas Eve, 2015. I had my last overdose. Um, I was in a motel in Long Island City, Queens. And, you know, I missed Thanksgiving. I missed, you know, I wasn't around for Halloween. I was still living at home at my parents' house. Thanksgiving came, I was missing for that. Christmas came, I wasn't around for that. All that time in between, I was just... Like, living on the streets, living in, you know, staying with, like, drug dealers because I would just buy drugs for them, you know, or in, like, their trap houses, basically. Uh, I was couch surfing. And then it comes to a point where people are like, all right, you got to get out of my house. And then you're just on the street. And that shit sucks, bro. It's not warm during that time of year in New York.
3: Yeah, Queens is cold. It's freezing. This time of year, it's freezing, man. It's
1: freezing. You're on the street. Everything, you know, there's no, nothing is... You know, there's nowhere comfortable to sleep on the street in Queens, winter or summer. <laughs> so, and, you know, I was able to get some money together through some illegal activities. And I was like staying in motels, uh, you know, Christmas time. And then I just, I ha- I was going nuts, man. I, I had a lot of drugs on me and I was using and using and I was in psychosis and I just, you know, I overdosed. I woke up in the hospital on the 26th and I was sick as shit. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this. I actually ended up getting high one more time because I was so sick. But I went to detox that night. And uh, they placed me. I went to a hospital in Queens. I did detox there. And they placed me in a a psych ward in Queens on the Grand Central Expressway. Uh, and it was a stay-run facility, disgusting place. Wasn't my first stay-run facility I've been in. I've been in like 30-something facilities altogether between jails, institu- you know, rehab, psych wards, crisis centers, therapeutic communities, homeless shelters, um, all sorts of shit, man. And I just, it snowed like five feet one night I was there. And I remember like the Christmas decorations were still up and that holiday cheer was like still in the air, you know? Um,
3: and I, I, I was remember. staring out the window. I remember that Christmas. Because I drove, I, I drove home from Long Island in that storm.
1: Dude. Yeah. It snowed like four or five feet that night. It was yes. one of the biggest storms in a long time. I remember
3: time. that like it was yesterday.
1: And I was staring out the window in the homeless shelter or in the the the, uh, the the treatment center that I was in. And I'm watching the snow pile up. And I just closed my eyes. And I was like, man. <laughs> I can't do this anymore and you know it was like three weeks from the last time I had used so I was feeling better I was warm I had like a hoodie on a pair of sweatpants you know I didn't have to steal for food or for drugs and I was you know I was three meals three hots in a cot you know they call it I had a place to sleep and I was a place to shower and I'm like you know this isn't that bad (laughs) uh and that's when I was like all right like I'm done with this, I, I can't do it anymore. And I still had fighting. I was nine and one as a pro. Um, and at first I was I would use fighting as like my reason, like, all right, like I still got a career, I to hang on to, let me like give this a go. So I just started taking suggestions from people that had gone through what I went through. You know, I started talking to God, Um, I had lost a lot of friends, you know, getting killed or just Mm. overdosing. So I was using them as like my reason, like, all right, I'm gonna do this for them. because I I know they don't want me to go out the way they did. And, you know, I I came home, my parents let me come back home and I just started going to like AA meetings, which I still do weekly. And I started doing what people told me to do. And I got back in the gym and six months later, I had my first fight back. I fought for the CFFC featherweight title. I won by by knockout, by head kick, knockout. I fought a guy, Anthony Morrison, who was like a veteran at the time. He was around for a while. And that was it, man. I, I got the taste of victory in my mouth again. I was sober for six months. And then I fought one more time on short notice. I won the fight, then I defended my belt against uh, Bill Algio, mm-hmm. who's in the UFC now. Uh, and that was Dana White was there on the Dana White uh, looking for a fight show and, and that's the night I that was about a that was a little over a year later. So I've been sober for about a year I just won three straight. I fought on the show. Dana gave me a contract that night. That was 2000, 2017 and um, here I am and it's been seven years been in the UFC this whole time. I'm, I'm at like the biggest point of my career. I guess you can say um, and it's been you know, a life behind my wild, you know, beyond my wildest dreams, dude. Like, I own a house, the house that I'm in right now, I bought this house, Mm -hmm. you know, I own everything, I have everything that I need, cars, all the stupid shit that we think we need that doesn't fucking fulfill you at all. You know, all the dumb, all the shiny shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And none of that shit makes me happy, man. Even fighting, even when I win a fight, I'm like, All right, now what? Like three days later, you know, Mm. all that glory's gone. No one's talking about it anymore. Mm. You're like, yo, like, don't you remember I fought Saturday? And they're like, yeah, all right, now do it again, you know? Uh, And then that's when I'm like, you know, normally when I was using, I would have ran to drugs to fill that void, you know?
3: Right. That same void
1: that fighting gives me that high, you know, I would find it in drugs, but now I have other ways to fill that void. And uh, life's been better than i could ever imagine you
0: know it's good to have a happy ending you know we don't we don't really get many happy endings anymore uh what you're doing with uh helping people you know getting into treatment centers and whatnot is is definitely noble You, you know like roger said and like you said the east coast there I don't, i'm sure everywhere is like this but i know we're i i don't have enough fingers and toes to know how I many people that you know lost a battle to, to, to drugs you know and uh I mean that this is the that's that's the real pandemic, you know. Like they had the ticker up of fucking COVID deaths, they should have the ticker up of of, of of ODs, and then, <laughs> then someone would hold the, the, this damn pharmaceutical companies accountable because that's really what it comes down to, you know. And I uh, saw some you're doing this and you're doing really well with fighting. I'm sure fighting definitely is is a big part of why you, you you're successful. though. you know all the lessons you learned, you know, fighting, wrestling, jitsu. I mean, I'm sure you applied that to your battle against drugs. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, martial arts in general and, you know, what fighting has done for me, it's given, you know, showing me how to be disciplined and, you know, how to work hard and, you know, the same shit that we learn in the cage or on the mats at the gym, you know, you apply it to life and it's the same thing, man. Just And, and, I, and I'm constantly learning more about myself. Every fight I have, every fight camp that that I finish, you know, every hurdle that I jump over, and yeah, I mean it was a huge reason at least at first for me to like stay sober um but now, you know, the, the thing that gives me the most fulfillment and I I know you guys can can attest to this is is your is your family.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, you know my my wife, I don't have kids yet, but you know, and my parents dog, dog. I got okay. two brothers, you know, and I got my my friends, my closest friends like And then when I help people, it's just a priceless feeling that no amount of money or gold or cars I get or houses, like, you know, it just doesn't, it's like buying a new pair of shoes. When you buy like a new pair of Air Force Ones or Jordans, you're like, yo, don't fucking step on my kicks. You know, and then like three weeks later, you're like, yo, fuck these sneakers. I need a new pair of sneakers. You know, it's like, that's what winning a fight is like for me. I'm like, I win a fight. I'm like, yeah, I'm the man. And then a week later, I'm like, Oh, I got to get you know, back in the gym. I got to get another, what's next? What's next? Uh, but when I help someone and they, you know, they come to me like a year later, they're like, yo, I'm still sober. You, fuck, like if it wasn't for you, I'd be dead. And that, you know, gives me more fulfill, fulfillment than anything. And my wife trusts me. My parents trust me. You know, people mm-hmm. come to me and ask for help. I'm reliable and I follow through. And that's like, you know, the most priceless shit I can get. Um, but yeah, I mean, martial arts has it has been a huge, obviously a huge part of my life, and I'll I'll forever be indebted to
3: martial arts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean everybody loves the Jared Gordon story. Anybody that reads about you or knows a little bit about your story, I mean, I I think that's why you you know you got a lot of fans. N- nobody can't get behind your story and like you for it that you came out so well. But the people that saw it firsthand or were you know were you know, the most involved had to be your parents. Your parents have to sleep well at night now. Your parents have to be your biggest fans. I would imagine. Do they come to your fights?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were at my last fight. They were at the that's, fight before that. Sometimes, you know, I fall in Brazil awesome. or Mexico. Like they didn't, they didn't come down to some of those. But uh, yeah, they, I must, mean, they dude must, have some, uh, must have bought
3: some, must have bought some new bedding and some new pillows when you got your life straight. They probably sleep so good now. I'm <laughs> sure they were worried about their son for all of oh, years. God. Though, you know,
1: man, my yeah. mom would tell me all the time. Every time the f- Fucking phone rings. Yeah. You know? I'm thinking it's the coroner, or the or, yeah. or the hospital. Hey, we have you know we have your son here. Uh, my older brother too is in recovery. He was a heroin addict also. Oh, so wow. like, not only did they deal with me, they dealt with my brother, and they had you know just like everyone else a host of fucking problems in their lives. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, my parents. Those are my it's my rock those are my rocks you know what i mean they uh it's great they actually just bought a house in florida they moved down from queens they had enough of oh, queens wow. you know they grew wow. up there and they just bought a house here they moved down on sunday so i'm gonna get to s- celebrate christmas with them and oh, my wife's great. family's here and uh you know we're all from new york but now we're down here and our brother's here too both my brothers are here i have a younger brother also um and it's like there's nothing better than that man being able to i miss so many holidays and birthday parties, and events because I was running around like an idiot.
3: You got a and, second uh, chance at life, man. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been it's been amazing, and you know I couldn't imagine that I'd be here now. And like, man, I saw the reason I started fighting was because of Frankie. It's two thousand seven. I told you this before, Frankie. Yeah. yeah. Um, two thousand seven. You made your debut against. Tyson Griffin and yeah, I remember dude, the thinking, second like, person
3: that said that same thing on the show that's so awesome man and
1: it's I was watching I'm like bro and dude Tyson Griffin was humongous compared yeah, to you yeah. at that time and I remember thinking like dude I'm a little guy like if he can do it I can do it too yeah. and you know at the time the ultimate fighter was getting was blowing up Tyson um uh, Stefan Bonner and uh yeah. Forrest Griffin and I was like I'm I was I couldn't stop thinking about fighting and and that's when I joined the gym, and it just so happened to be Rhino Fight Team just yeah. in Queens when you were at the one in Jersey, right? Yep. yep. Um, and that was it. And I always – people used to, anytime someone asked me, who's your favorite fighter? I'm like, Frankie, bro.
3: That's fucking awesome, bro. That's it. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I, I know – God has a big part, you know, to do uh, in your life, has a big part of your life. Um, Dana White recently, I, I guess I saw it recently. I don't know if his statement was recently. I'm not shitting on Dana in any way. I like Dana. Um, but he made a statement recently that uh, God has no place in the octagon. No, You know, nobody should be talking about God after they win a fight or anything. Uh, what's your take on that?
1: I mean, bro. <laughs> it's someone's belief. It's someone's belief. Right. I. I mean, I think maybe the way he said it people misconstrued like what he meant i don't think he was saying like you shouldn't believe in god
3: no, no. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that but
1: yeah um but man like when you look at the the best guys they're always, i mean islam just knocked, just beat charles the first thing he talked about was God, Benil yeah. Darouche was on the same card. Mm-hmm. Like his whole yep. post-fight speech was about God. Right, always is. Yeah, with, um, you know. Um, and it's like, for me, I had nothing to turn to. My mom's a my mom's Catholic Sicilian. My father's a Jew, and in- his parents are from London, and he's a Jew. So growing up, I celebrated f- fucking Hanukkah and Christmas. I was eating. Mm potato latkes one night and i was eating brujol and pasta the next night so you know growing up i was like god you know i went to hebrew school and and then i was celebrating easter so i I didn't know what god was um and like i i didn't i had nothing i didn't my way of doing things led me to jails and homelessness and addiction so Mm. it was suggested to me that i hand my will over to a power greater than myself. And at first, like I said, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it for my dead friends, <laughs> for all my dead homies. Uh, and then I realized, like, all right, there's something bigger than my dead friends out there. And, like, I don't care who you are. You don't have to believe in Jesus or Allah. or If you don't think that there's something bigger, something bigger out there that's controlling everything, that made this universe and earth, then... And, like, you just think it just poof in a period out of thin air, then, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going through your head. But for me, there's something obviously bigger, you know? And, like, when I tell people, like, you got to, like, hand it over to something bigger than yourself, it could be anything, man, That's mm-hmm. that you think is a bigger enough reason for you. Like, if you're an addict or you have a kid that needs you, mm-hmm. your kid is a bigger, bigger reason for you to get your shit together, you know? Or if you got like a sick grandparent or a parent that needs you because they're not, they're handicapped, like that's a bigger reason for you to work hard and and get your shit together. So for me, it happens to be God. I call him Jesus, you know. And, uh, but Dana, like, Dana's gonna, Dana's gonna, Dana, you know, he's gonna say (laughs) what he wants to say. Uh, Someone obviously had made, I think it was Yoel Romero talking about Jesus in the cage after mm, maybe, mm. and he was saying like Jesus loves you, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, voice, and, you know, in, and uh,
3: in fairness to Dana, it was a lead-in question, I'm sure too. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he just yeah. shot from the hip and came out with that, but uh, you know, just because you're such a godly man, I I just thought I would ask you. And do you think anybody's ever beyond the pale of like? You know, obviously God forgives if you ask, you know, for repentance, but I mean, there are, there are guys like war machine, for example, he turned to God after, you know, like, do you, do you think there are, there are people, some people that just do it for to, to, I guess, get favoritism from, from skeptics, you know,
1: uh, I mean, I think war machine more the first
3: thought that popped in my head because obviously he, he is, uh, you know, a very, uh, godly man now, but he's going to oh, be what? in prison for the next 20 years, <laughs> War machine, whole story. Yeah, in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't
2: know. <laughs> uh, I mean,
1: dude, like, if that's what's going to make you move on and feel like it's going to heal you, then more power to you. I mean, right. and if it's real, right? That's what God I'm saying. Judging, right? Are you nobody knows,
0: nobody it. knows yeah, yeah, if it's yeah. real. Right. Right. Only God will know it's in yeah. your heart, yeah. right? right? I mean, so, I mean right.
1: if that's what makes him feel better and he feels like. And good for him. I know he committed some pretty horrendous crimes, um, <laughs> yeah. but man, a lot of people have, dude. And it's like, mm-hmm. I believe that some people definitely deserve to go to hell, but that's God's, that's God's decision, yeah. man. Right, you're going right. to go to the pearly gates and he's going to be like, sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: You didn't cut it, man. And he's going to hit that button and hell doesn't <laughs> thought- seem that bad though cocaine and strippers and yeah, cocaine <laughs> wait and I never heard the health. cocaine thing there's cocaine yeah. down there I mean dude that's <laughs> what that's what the devil's den looks like then hey maybe yeah. you know some people might enjoy living in that eternity. Nah, so. I still
3: I still want to go see the man upstairs and
1: well I'm saying the whole the whole the whole fight and
3: God
0: thing like obviously I'm, I'm a godly person I'm, I'm super blessed and, and thankful for all that and but I think like when you say like I always felt funny to, to ask God to have me win a fight. Like, you're asking me to hurt somebody. You know what I mean? I would, I was, I'd always try to, in, in my mind, like, just make sure no one gets hurt and let me fight to the best of my ability. Don't make anything about beating this guy, that guy. Because, like, you'll see dudes in, in the cage like, oh, it wasn't me. Like, a oh, little spin kick someone in the face. Like, oh, it wasn't me. It was God. God I don't right, think right, right. God spin kicked that dude in the face, bro. No, you know no, what no. I, mean?
1: like, <laughs> I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, we still have our free will, you know? and we still- right, yeah. Yeah. we still have to we still take our own actions so no I don't think God is like yeah I'm gonna help you beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> right. but I think that it, he like your win if it's a bigger purpose and it's what he if whatever your win impacts and is for a positive then it's for the better right? yeah yeah oh um, i like I don't look at it like God's in there helping me throw my punches and kicks mm-hmm you know, I think he's, you know, wants to bless people as long as the work that they're doing is like for the greater good of no, him, sure, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But no, yeah, I've, like, it, it is funny when someone like knocks someone unconscious and he's like, oh, it's God, like, I don't little, know about uh, that. Man.
3: I did learn something from your fight—the the 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 massive amounts of criticism behind it that I never knew before, and I'm sure you guys have probably been well aware of forever. But um, Ron McCarthy is John McCarthy's son. I never knew that until your fight. I I didn't know he was yeah. a judge. Wait, oh, yeah. Ron McCarthy was one of the judges. Yes. Wow, I didn't know he's been a judge since 2013. I didn't. I would have never known that had it not been for this fight and all the skepticism, you know, behind the judging. But something clearly has to happen, and maybe your fight. Was the, the the pinnacle that makes that Nothing. happen? You say so now ain't shit gonna happen. Let's well, be real. There's, a, there's, God, there's least, been going
0: on for how long? There's at least Box, an investigation It's been right? going on for boxing forever. Forever, and you know, and and yeah, it's not. They're not going to. Well, do a-
3: Ariel Helwani attributes it to favoritism. Do you think it's what? they? Favoritism? They yeah. The oh, one, he, he, says, he believes his his view is there's one judge in particular that tries to. Score favor with Dana, and he believes that he he can judge fights based uh, the, on
0: the one that they they penalized for flying across country. That guy,
3: I don't know, I, I don't know who it was, but I mean, what else would it be? I mean, the only other option would be they're getting paid off, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, what else could well, it be? You don't
0: want to think that. You don't want to. Like, I don't want to think. I don't want to think the UFC is picking fight, fight you know fighters to win. You don't want to think that, right? I mean, nah. dude, that'd be pretty damn messed up. No, I'm not yeah, a saying lot of people that. ask me
1: this, and I feel like, you know, I I, I got to have faith in the system, man. Yeah. When you're fighting for the UFC, like, you want to believe that that they support you. Right. <clears throat> um, I do believe that judges get swayed. Yeah. By the
2: crowd.
0: Specifically your fight, right? Like, like obviously the crowd, for, for some reason, everyone loves this guy, right? He talks funny, has a funny haircut. Everyone loves this guy. So they're, they're supporting him. He's got fucking Barstool b- behind him in Portnoy, Sorry. right? And, and like, yo, just same thing when I fought Benson Henderson. He was kind of an actor in there a little bit. In between the rounds, he'd be putting his hands up, doing this. Or, like, you hit him with a good shot, he like, tuck his hair back behind his ear. Or you you drop him, he would, like, act like he slipped. Like, stuff like that. Like, I was never good at that. I never wanted to be, I wanted to just fight. That was my thing. I wanted to fight. Yes. I don't want to act like I'm a showman. I'm a fighter. I'm there to to, to do the work, uh, you know, that I'm set out to do to win the fight. Mm. But sometimes you gotta be, you gotta kind of play these games. I, I think, you know, when you're, you're having judges look look at it and, and the crowd gets involved, I think sometimes you have to do that. I don't like doing that, but it might be part of the game.
1: Mm. Yeah, and that's what John said. He was like, he was like, man, my, you got that one wrong talking about his son. Right. Mm. Uh, and then I think. Ron came out and said, yeah, like I could have been swayed by the oohs and the eyes, and I read that, yeah. You know, the the cheering and all that, and it's like, bro, you're a fucking judge. Right. Yeah. So yeah, what do they gotta do, you're wear a blinders? Second and, generation and, you judge. Know, like, uh-huh. Bro, and it's like 2013, you've been a judge since 2013, like yeah. you're still letting things like this uh, yeah. affect your, the way yeah. you score a fight. Uh, so, I mean, Fuck! Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, you Frankie know, the one, guy, Crosby too. Yeah, he's been—he's like admitted that he goes off his own ju- his own scoring criteria, right, That he right, doesn't right. use
3: his own criteria. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, get these fucking guys out of here. He's
0: a checker pass too, right? Don't you got some beef with Ray Longo too?
1: Yeah, Ray Longo hates that guy. And yeah, Ala Quinta was like, I think that I think Ray or they made it a thing that like that guy can never judge any of Sarah his guys right. yeah, in a fight
3: yeah. really? so like what's that tell you just in and of itself it wasn't, you know
1: it wasn't me that's what it tells me it's you, you idiots know. yeah only yeah, three yeah. morons
3: right you know the famous saying is, you know, don't let it go to the judges. But I hate that. I, I hate was that. just gonna say, Frankie, gonna smack this guy. Frankie, smack no, this no, no, no. I was gonna give you. I was gonna give you props here, pal. You know that's the famous saying. I think Dana actually, obviously said that, but uh, Frankie said, well then let the fucking fight go. Let the fight go till there's a winner. You know, and that yeah. makes perfect sense. You know. You got oh, these God. three round or even five round fights, and if there's no decisive, like still
0: like you can't because then they'll be they'll be back to like fucking forty five minute fights, right? Which yeah. would the, the people would hate that. It'd be boring. It's not made for TV. Like yo, oh, their good the fights are gonna go. There's they're the best guys in the world. The best athletes athletes in the world fight each other. It's gonna go to the scorecard. It's every once in a while or or maybe
1: yeah. even uh, frequently, they got to figure out a better way to do this. Yeah, but it ain't gonna happen. That's what I think. And it's not like. You know, they're saying that my fight was like one of the worst robberies. No question. Ever. So, like, you know, I could see how some people, like some fights, people were like, oh, it could have went either way. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a lot of that. There's a lot of that. But like, dude, most people had me 30-27 winning. Yeah. So it's like these judges are just blind or, Mm -hmm. you know, I know people don't like this word or or retarded.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Roger other mine. Rogers, he just doesn't get a right. <laughs> I'm good with
1: it.
3: I'm good with it. That's a hate crime what you just did right there by the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, well, shit. So Frankie, how's uh retirement, man? Uh I mean I'm fucking sitting down with this guy, so it's not
0: going too damn good. <laughs> are you bored
3: yet? He's looking like he's looking yeah, like Patty the Batty yeah. over there now, two hundred pounds fucking yeah, nah, fat face. Nah, nah I'm not there yet.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm not there yet. Nah man, I'm I'm chilling. i my kind of my neck was a little bit banged up, so I'm I'm really not even training much. I'm kinda of just getting healthy, but uh you know, we're figuring out what the next moves are. Well
1: I'm sure whatever you do, man, you'll you'll kill it.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. the plan. Uh what
1: are you doing, got, Roger?
3: What am I doing, man? I'm doing the same thing. You you know, the reality days are, are long behind me, man. So uh, I'm also sitting down here with this guy. But I'm, by trade, I'm a union worker. So that's what I've, I've done that for the oh, last okay. 24 years that I've lived in Jersey. That's my day job. It's a union sex worker. Yes, yes. Sex absolutely worker. Oh, that same. sounds awesome. Yep. 24 yeah. years baby. Um, Teamsters, baby. So. Um,
1: where, where, you live in Jersey, too?
3: Yeah, I'm five minutes down the road from Frankie. Yeah, he's right. Franky. Right in Tom's River, yep. yeah. Yep. I was over here last night doing the ice bath with this guy. That sucks. Do you do those? You do ice baths? Yeah. They suck. Yeah, they suck, but they're, they're great they for you. So I'll do athletes, them, yeah. but they absolutely suck while you're doing yeah, it. So. So, so, uh, you yeah, work?
1: Were you an iron worker?
3: Uh, no, I drive hazmat tankers. Oh, okay, Gasoline cool. tankers. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. You, uh, I'm saying you're 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 everyone like you know your cardio. Everyone's talking about Joe. Was talking about your cardio in in the fight and and this and that. And obviously, you're known for for having a good tank. Anything you do in particular different than maybe the next guy? In
2: to, for, oh, for your sorry. tank
0: to have that tank, you got a really good tank, right? Uh, and, and they were talking about it in, in this last fight. Rogan was, was specifically even even uh, DC. I'm saying, do you do anything? Anything, you know, maybe help Roger out here a little bit? He's <laughs> fucking fat. He, his his tank is he's all tanks
1: and, and he's got like half a tank. I used to run like an animal, but that should beat my body up yeah. so much, dude. I hate running. My knees, my back. And, you know, when I was 23, I just train all day, run, train, run, and, then like, I was, like, I was fine. And then when I hit, like, 28, I was, like, eh. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: this shit is crazy. Run, run me, so. and train.
3: Frankie's had some trains run on him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, swimming, man. I've been swimming my ass off.
3: Yeah, swimming. Swim oh, you're in Florida it. now. You can do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so much easier. I was swimming, yeah. you know, I was outside swimming yesterday.
3: That's awesome.
1: Um, but, man, you know, it's so much better on my body, dude.
3: Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I
1: was gonna say, like you know, when you finish like a f- Frankie, I don't know about you, Roger, but if you finish <laughs> like a five or six mile run, and you're it was like a hard done, run, yeah. you know, after you're like you're kind of shot, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'll swim for forty-five minutes, hard, and I have a swim coach. But you know, I get done, and I'm like, oh, like I'm fresh. Like I, yeah. it feels like it just opened me up and like loosened me up. You know, because right. there's not all that pounding. Right. Uh, right. But it's been a game changer for me. And it feels, you know, it's, it's upper body also, obviously. So, like, yeah. it feels like you're wrestling with the water. Yeah. And, like, you're never going to beat the water. Right. Um, so, swimming, man. Swimming. But I'm I also think, too. you know, like, Frankie, you were blessed with the gas tank, too, man. You always mm. had a gas tank. So, I think it's hereditary or something. or or. No, I hate that. I
0: hate that. the. Like Mark always be like, Oh, it's it's natural. It's natural. You Lagori or Corey. You guys Caitlin, you guys all got great tanks, it's natural. I said, Bro, it ain't natural. I've been training hard my whole life. Well, I've been building you. this tank. I'm sure you, yeah, you yeah. go hard. That's what it is. You go hard, right? If I grapple with you, we're, we're gonna grapple hard. We spar, yeah. we're gonna spar hard. We do yeah. we go run, we're gonna run hard. You do everything hard. Right. That's why you got a good tank. That, that's how I Yeah, I, I think, think
1: also like knowing that I have a gas tank, I'm like, All oh, right, I'm gonna push the pace. I'm gonna push the right. pace. Yeah. So like I know I got it. So I I spend it and then, you know, I guess
3: Camaro spoke to that. You know, like building his tank and just pushing him. He he realized that he had a good tank and he said exactly what you said. So every time I knew I had a good tank, I was gonna I was gonna go to my tank right now and then I'm gonna push it just a little bit past that. You know, so yeah, I wouldn't know yeah. anything about that, guys. But it's like uh- the
1: only it's like the only blessing uh, athletically that God gave me. So I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah fastest guy i'm not tall and
0: long but i'll take listen listen yeah. listen i'll take the tank over anything you know. i'll take it's the true, tank bro. over anything true, in bro. life Monstruals. in life like yo in life come on you you've been through it now i mean you've been beaten down you've been the fucking tank keeps you going that's it, roger, bro. Just wants, that's roger, just, roger wants sugar in his tank
1: yeah i'm like i'm tough and i got a gas tank and that's like
0: that's, that's, what's it, that's me. Yeah, that's, really what's that's a, deadly yeah. a deadly combination bro
1: deadly yeah. combination
3: what uh we'll let you go here soon, but what 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 do you miss about the East Coast? You know, I've been an East Coast guy oh, my whole it, life. I mean, I know you you're still on the North East Coast, East. the Northeast. I know you're still on the East Coast. You're in Florida, well, but what do you right miss yours? about you know Queens? I mean, pizza you, got, bagels, you got you got bro. you got to miss the pizza, man. It can't be as Forest, good in Florida, bro. no way.
1: Pizza, bagels, food in general. You know, yeah. Queens is like the melting pot. So we have, yeah. every, you know, I would walk up the block and I would have every restaurant. Ever. You know, on my corner, so that's, like, definitely up there. And, obviously, just my, chilling with my friends. You know, I grew up there, so it's just, you know, every time I go up there, it's, like, reminiscent, man. I'm like, ah, right. Queens, you know, and there's nothing like home. Uh, but I can't live there anymore, man. It's just so, man, when I was a kid, it was way different. Now we got, you know, not together, too politicals, you know, all the liberals and – yeah. We got all these people ruining the city. The city turned to yeah. shit.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and, like, it's almost like uh, it's, I'll, nothing will ever be New York, yep. but I don't ever have to live there anymore.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. I had enough. Still I mean, good. I lived
1: there for 28 years, 27 years. Like, right. I've moved on. <laughs>
3: I I only live. We only live an hour away, and I know Frankie's from here. I'm from Maine. I didn't move here until I was 22, but I used to get really excited. Like if I knew I was going into the city, I'd get excited. I avoid the city as much I as I possibly can. I have no desire to ever go in there again. It's changed so much from when I moved here 24 years fun. ago. I I despise it. I don't want any part of it. No, I'll, go,
0: it I'll go. I'll go if I'm by, like without my family. I don't. I don't want to bring my yeah. family. there. If I'm solo. I'll, I'll get I'll go have some fun up there that's about yeah. it
1: yeah it's man every time I'm there I'm like looking over my shoulder yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. bro especially on like the subway now see people yeah. getting pushed on onto the tracks I'm like put my back against I'll, the wall I'm, I'm yeah I'm uh-uh
1: but yeah. I haven't been on a subway since I left and I'll never I don't think I'll ever I was there in August for like three weeks and I was like, I ain't going on the, f-. people were like, Let's meet me at the train. I was like, I'm not taking the, f-. I'm not yeah, fucking man. get on the train again. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I took that train yeah. to school for years. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, I'm done with good. it. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, bro, thank you, man. This was
0: uh, awesome to have you down And if if you do make a trip to Queens and you want to come, you know, come in studio, we'd love to have you, obviously. Um, oh,
1: yeah.
0: Obviously, thank like you. I said, we've been going back a long time. Uh you know, uh, shit. If I come to Florida, I have to come get in touch with you out, out there too. Yeah,
1: come on. Get some down. grappling.
0: in. I'm not getting hit in the face no more. Maybe some grappling and stuff.
1: You come, know? Do, come, <laughs> come. Wrestle, man. Show us yeah. some wrestling. Yeah, definitely.
0: Where can uh, yeah, where bro, can bro. everybody hit you up or like uh, where you help people or your social media? Yeah. I don't. I, you know, I, I, let the people know.
1: Yeah, Instagram Jair Flash Gordon, Twitter J Flash Gordon MMA. I got my website JairFlashGordon.com. You could uh, email the website or leave a inquiry there. And, and, uh, that's it.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
3: Jared, pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It was, it was good to finally meet you. And, uh, you know, thanks for giving us the time and allowing us to ask you some questions, man. I, I appreciate you. And definitely, definitely a fan over here. So
0: yeah, bro, best definitely crush. uh, keep, keep crushing it, man. Uh, you know, in and out of the cage, you're doing, you're doing wonders for a lot of people and, and yourself included. So wish you the best brother. All right, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy,
3: happy holidays. You too, brother. Yeah, right.
0: Amen. Happy holidays. Right. Stay blessed.
3: Later. What's up, guys? Don't forget to follow us, Champ the Tramp. You can find us pretty much on all the formats out there. Instagram, we're there. We're on Rumble now. That's the one we want you guys to follow us on. Check us out on Rumble. We'd like to build our followers over there a little bit. We're on TikTok even. We're, what else are we on, YouTube. 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 Subscribe, YouTube. too. Hit that yep. subscribe button, man. That helps and, us uh, out, man. It helps out the channel. Sure.